Sit back, relax, and enjoy Talk Bites. And welcome back to another episode of Talk Bites. This is your Prince Charming host, B Game. Now, last week's episode, I said that uh, we had a, a member of the fandom put her hand up and say, Ash is absolutely talking with a broken wand. Her spells are wonky. Neville Longbottom could do better spells than what Ash is uh, throwing out there right now. I need to talk to her. And I said, yes, please, come on. Let's uh, help me. Help me not get dick throat punched and, and talk some sense into Ash over here. But ladies and gentlemen, there comes a time in every man's life when he has to take a look and at the decisions he's made to come to a certain point. And tonight, that, that time is now for me. I have come to learn through back-channel sources that this is not a random member from fandom. This is indeed Ash's friend, and they were trying to bamboozle me the entire time. I have caught you, sirs. I have caught you. You. This will not be a gang up. I, I have found you're, you're, you're not doing a magical mischief, whatever that, that thing is. You're, I've caught you. You're done. Red-handed. Done. Anyways, I would like to introduce Ash, a returning guest, and bring it. A fan um, hater. She's the umbrage of my podcast series. And uh, <laughs> I can't back that up. That's the worst thing you could ever say to anybody. I'm sorry, Ash. I do deserve a dick throat punch oh, after that one. You. <laughs> and we have Bridget, who I thought was on my side and coming to defend the, the side of truth, the side of righteousness. But Bridget... Is it true that you were actually a friend of Ash the entire time? It is true. Although I would say if she's the Professor Umbridge, I'm clearly going to be the Lupin <laughs> that everyone <laughs> loves. That's not fair. I'm like the Snape of this episode. It's been painted into a villain from the get-go. It's not fair. But until get a redemption arc, though. That's true. I'm here for the redemption tour. The redemption. I don't know if you can be with those picks that you picked uh, two episodes ago, uh, but uh, Bridget what? doesn't know my answers and she doesn't know yours. So we're about to hear what the right answer is. The deciding decision from Bridget. Bridget, what is the worst of the Harry Potter series and what is the best of the Harry Potter series? Books or movies? Movies. Movies? Oh, the worst is Prisoner of Azkaban. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, this is clearly a gang up. All right. <laughs> well, I didn't say Prisoner of Azkaban, to be fair. I said um, uh, Order of the Phoenix, I said was the worst. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It was the least memorable. And uh, what's yeah, your favorite, Bridget? Uh, favorite? I think it's probably six. I think six toes that really nice line between kind of getting really dark and still staying a bit comic <gasps> The controversy <laughs> of it all. Is that Half-Blood Prince? No, yes. that's, the, that's, the, that's the word. Why do you hear Brian's, Brian's reason for why he doesn't like the Half-Blood Prince? It is a very good reason. It is a very good reason, all right, because the movie poster sucks. That's why it's one of the top worst movies of the series. The absolute worst for me is uh, Goblet of Fire. 
just a dumpster fire from beginning to end. That is but, insanity. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That is so good. It, it, it is garbage coated garbage from beginning to end if whenever ash and i do our annual harry in july marathon series that's when i go and get food i'm like yeah <laughs> I mean, i'm watching it ash yeah, david yeah. Tennant. like i feel like you need nothing other than the fact that it has david Tennant to be able to say that it's never going to be the worst of anything all right we got a doctor who's so vindicated in this moment i'll pay you the money later bridget yes <laughs> <laughs> all right there's gonna be dick throat punches all around okay all I, will say, I will say that prisoner of azkaban is probably my least favorite movie though because of the casting not so much because of the storyline i just think the casting was terrible which, and which what i was saying to brian is like i feel like that whole concept of peter Pettigrew being the rat for 12 years i'm just not fucking buying it like, <laughs> i'm just not really think about it too hard like, i know but i just can't i was like Ugh, i'm not here for it you're right, the casting wasn't amazing, but yeah. we don't need a recast. Do you have one specifically? For like for me, the Fantastic Beast is completely ruined because of the Eddie Radamid casting. Like he's not charmingly befuddled like Hugh Grant is. Um, he is he's just it takes you out of the picture. It's annoying. It's it's annoying the way that he's taken on that character. So which 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 actor for you is has taken you out of Azkaban? Controversial, but Gary Oldman. I just yeah, I just don't think he's like the young, like dashing bit, you know, underdog kind of dude that he's supposed to be. Like he's supposed to be this charismatic kind of, what, 40-year-old? And he looks like a 60-year-old grumpy Gary Oldman, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and it just, I don't know, just it just doesn't feel right for me. But, okay. yeah. All right. Are we all, so, I mean, Brian, if you're saying you don't like a movie because of the poster, literally anyone's answer why they don't like something is better than that. So, have you, have you seen the poster? It is, as we've said before, Bridget, it is a awkward family photo. I literally have the, like that type of stuff. It is not a movie poster, and it, it made me very aware I was watching a movie. It is Harry's worst haircut of the films. It's what? It's Harry's worst haircut of all the films <laughs> in number six. <laughs> Wasn't that the one where he was drunk? There was one movie where he was drunk that made him that made him sober up when he watched it. He was like, ooh, I got to sober up. Was that the one? <laughs> oh, it's the one where he kind of plays a bit drunk, where he has Felix Felicis, like the luck potion. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he acts like he's drunk. and it's But that's why it's good, because it toes that line, and it does have the lighthearted kind of scenes. Oh, uh, see, I reckon Goblet of Fire was the last time it was lighthearted. I mean, like... Half-Blood Prince, I felt, actually felt so bad for Malfoy because it was just, like, so dark and everyone was, like, in a bad space. I feel like I can't remember any, like, fun parts in it. Yeah. I like the bit with Slughorn's party where Hermione is just trying to avoid Cormac McLaggen and she, like, keeps running away from him at the party oh, because everyone all- can relate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian can't relate because normally he's bad by screwing you. <laughs> Okay, so I'm just sitting here and I'm just enjoying the conversation and I'm and I feel very attacked right now. I feel I don't, I don't feel that this is a safe space. Like I said, for someone whose last name is Game, you've certainly got none. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh, I'm just sitting down. I'm just enjoying the podcast over here. Wow. Okay, just wait for that pay per view, folks, because she won't be able to speak for uh, for weeks after I'm done with her. She'll be sipping her food through a straw, but. Well, 
let's move on to the next point before I give her a chance to rebuttal with some more violence against my soul. So um, we, we missed the opening question. We're going to mix up the opening question now going forward. So it used to be what's your best piece of advice or worst advice. Now the opening question is going to be, what is your everyday superpower? Uh, so for example, mine is I could wake up without an alarm. Doesn't matter how much sleep I've had, I could wake up, I could have been up for 25 hours. If I've got to be up in an hour after that, I could wake up. Uh, it's a curse. What about um, when you're drunk? Even when I'm drunk, especially when I'm drunk. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That's risky yeah. business though. Do you still set an alarm just in case? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I don't want it to be that one time when it, when it fails that I actually need it, right? That is um, a good skill though. Like that is definitely a good skill that I don't possess in any capacity. Yeah, I can barely wake up with an alarm. <laughs> I wish. But on the flip side, I can't go to sleep either. Mm. So yeah. I pay for it on the other end. Like there's, I saw this stat that said it takes someone an average of seven minutes to go to sleep. And I'm like seven minutes, like bitch, like, I'm not even done the trailers in my thought process yet before <laughs> I get to the main thought process that's going to keep me up. Seven fucking minutes, settle down. Like no fucking way. So, um, yeah, so that's the, that's the other side of the, of, of the curse there. Um, Bridget, do you have an everyday superpower? I think mine would definitely be the fact that I am always consistently clumsy, but not in that, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, Bella Swan, I'm clumsy and adorable. I'm just genuinely injuring myself all of the time. Um, the, one of the stories I always tell people is how the only time I've ever had to go to hospital is because, again, relating to alarms, I thought I'd overslept for school. So I jumped out of bed really quickly and managed to give myself whiplash. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I then had to wear a neck brace to school. So, like, when I say I'm, like, incredibly clumsy, I am not just saying it for, you know, oh, it's so adorable and cute. Like, I genuinely... I'm surviving each day alive. is a miracle for Bridget. <laughs> that is her superhero that she survives every day being that clumsy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is it's like a real uh, what skill is that? falling over that much and staying alive. And staying alive. What what is that that uh, Bruce Willis movie M Night Shyamalan and Along? Um, and it's the dude that Samuel L. Jackson is just breaks his bones all the Mr. time. Mr. Glass or something. Mr. And Bruce Willis just is the dude that just never can't get harmed. Well, Bridget's I can't remember what it is. Except she never breaks. So except she never like, breaks. I need to yeah, add someone it. to the correct. You're talking about the Patricia one, right? No, no. That there's the there was the prequel to that one. So the one the movie Even before like that, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the yeah. first movie before that that before James McAvoy. So it was Samuel Jackson, Bruce Willis, and then it was the other one. Anyways, Ash, what is your everyday superpower? Well, I think mine's the opposite of yours. Like I can sleep on demand anywhere, anytime. So like I have this hilarious story where like years and years ago I went out with a boyfriend on his boat to go fishing and it was really, really choppy. Like we were airborne half the time and I was sleeping at the front of the boat. Like I just curled up in a little ball like a cat because I was tired. And I was like, well, it's a two-hour trip. I'll just sleep till I get there. And what? meanwhile everyone's getting thrown off the boat. So I feel like... I mean, waking up is not in my strong suit at all, but getting to sleep, if I tell myself, oh, I'm tired, I can sleep anywhere. So so jelly. I, I am a bowl full of jelly on that one because 
Yeah. If I'm, if I'm flying back to Canada and it's like one of those 32 hour of like not flights, but like the whole job in, in the airports and stuff like that, I'm up the entire time. I mean, that's good. Cause then you don't get sore feet. I feel like I sleep the whole way. Like when I came back from the UK and my feet were swollen and sore. Yeah. So that's like, yeah. that's tactical. Not sleeping on the, you got to stay alert. You never Very tactical. Know. I learned that. I learned yeah. that at a party one year, it, the value of being tactical. And, uh, and I've never forgotten that lesson. Um, awesome. So let's, let's dive into the topic here. Bridget, you, you've, I really thought that you were going to help me out here with Ash. It seems that you haven't, uh, but let's, let's move on to some other questions to see which side you land on. Are you a ref? Are you team Ash or are you right? And playing- <laughs> I've got a good question. This has been bubbling under the surface for me for a long time. And the more that I watch the movies, the more I question myself on this. Do we think that Dumbledore is a hero or a villain? Because by the end, he was looking more like a villain, I feel. Look, I see where you're coming from because it looked like the entire time he was grooming this boy. Oh, hot topic word. Horrible sentence. <laughs> grooming this boy to be slaughtered on the off chance that he would survive. Mm. So is that a villain move or is that a hero move? Is, is there such thing as heroes and villains? But that's a whole other topic to, to, to think. The question was, Dumbledore, Bumblebee, is he a hero or a villain? Bridget, what is your take on that? Is it more irresponsible and villainous for someone to know that someone's going to have to face a huge battle in their life and not train them for it, like not groom them for it? I would say that that's more irresponsible. So I would say overall he's a hero. Um, and I guess if he, but I think he made him, mistakes. Like if he told him, like this is the plan, this is what's going to happen. Maybe it wouldn't have gone the way that it was naturally supposed to. You know, if he had the insight that that was what was going to happen, like Harry wouldn't have, like it wouldn't have played out the same. So you're right. Maybe he couldn't tell him. But I think by the end, like when you review Snape's memories and like he's pushing back on Dumbledore about treating him a certain way and things like that, I was like, oh, not the nicest way to paint the picture. But at least it challenges the the narrative because I think the whole way through I just thought Dumbledore was protecting him because he felt bad about his circumstances and he's special when in reality there was obviously another motive. Even though he probably was genuine and actually caring about protecting him, there was a motive behind it too. So. Exactly. Yeah. I still yeah. think he's a hero. I do agree. But I like every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, oh. maybe Snape was the hero all along. Oh, no. Snape is the hero all along. Oh, Bridget's not agreeing. I can hear it. <laughs> I mean, I... In that silence, you just heard her going, like, what? Like, what? I do. I love Old the redemption arc. I think it's great. I When I first read that, I loved it. I was all on board. Snape's always been good. But then when you go back and reread them, and it's all the stuff he did, like laughing at Hermione's long teeth, and he was still a dick to, like, 11- and 12-year-old kids. I, honestly, um, to be to be quite honest, in my opinion, Arnold, he's he's kind of sad, d- pining after a girl that that didn't return his affections. There's there's taking a moment to to heal from unrequited love, but to spend your entire childhood plus adulthood pining after one woman to the point where you sacrifice your life for her kid that she had with another man. 
I think that's more sad. And if this happened in real life, dangerous. I wouldn't want that type of bloke hanging around my wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not hey, on wood that I exist. Did like, I ever get one? Newsflash, those men exist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think the thing is, like, you could look at it as sad, but you could also look at it as, like, him projecting his issues about being rejected by a woman onto her kid. Like, yep. you're an adult. Like, seems kind of gross, which men also do in the present time. <laughs> Fucking newsflash. <laughs> that, the the, the yeah. negative behavior that uh, that females uh, get from men uh, is a whole, it's, it's a series of podcasts. It, it, it could be a daily podcast, an hour a day, and, and just you would never run out of material. Um, but that brings up my my favorite part uh, of of the Harry po- of the Harry Potter of the Harvey Porter universe, and and that is the um, uh, the the ability to, to to capture a memory and relive that memory. Because in in real life, our memories um, they actually degrade every time we access them. Um, to the point where it's almost like we're remembering a, a, the mem- we're remembering the memory and not actually living in in, in that moment, moment again. So it degrades over time. That's why witness statements are so you know you got to do it right away. You get in a car accident, go and write it down right away because you're not going to remember everything as you try to re remember it. So that really sparks to me as something that would be really cool if we could actually go and relive these moments as they happened, as opposed to the degradation of remembering it over and over again. So my question is, if you if you had that ability, what would be the memory that you would go back to the most? That's a great question. Huh? Huh? I'm not like, just a pretty face. And there's some memories that are so special that like actually being immersed in it again would be different to just remembering it and having like a fond, fond feeling over it, like actually being immersed. Because that's the experience of that whole concept in the movie is you actually exactly. run into it and you're like basically in it, watching it from a third person perspective. So like, yeah. Got any bridge? It's almost, I, I don't know. Like my immediate reaction to that is it's almost too much pressure on one memory. Like mm. I feel like by choosing a memory, I would automatically regret it because I'd be thinking about all the other memories that I'm not choosing. I don't know. <laughs> I, well, I'll be honest. If I had to choose a memory, it's pro- it would probably be being at the 2010 grand final replay the AFL, probably the happiest I've ever been. But <laughs> everyone, Bridget's a Collingwood fan. We're just going to get rid of that dirty little secret right now. Air it out. Direct some of the hate towards her and away from me. <laughs> a Collingwood fan. Yes. Yeah. Oh, a ride okay, or die so, Collingwood fan. Yeah, hundred percent. Or team right. You're you're on your own team. All right. You're on your yeah. own team. You're team With wrong. Like Ninety thousand other people. So, okay, this is going to be now a pay-per-view, a, a three-way ladder match pay-per-view at, at this point. It's WrestleMania. It's an all right. WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And Champion is going to lose her name because she shouldn't have played this game to begin with. Bridget seen me dick throat punch a mannequin. I'm sure I've done it at one time or another. But <laughs> Well, my favorite memory, I have two, but I think I could never not say, like, um, Nathan's proposal to me. I don't know if I've ever told, I think Bridget knows the story, but the way it goes is that Nathan and I have always done really like sentimental things. Like I'll pin drop a location and then he has to come find me and I've set up a picnic or, you know, we always do fun things like that as dates. Um, and one day after work, I, he said he'd arranged a date and I went upstairs and I had a letter and it was a scavenger hunt. And he said, you know, go to the first place we had a date. 
So I went uh, to the first place we met. So I went to the first place we met and then I had to ask this girl behind the bar, um, can I have the letter? And then he wrote nice things about, he put dates at the top. So the first date that we kissed or the first date that we went on a date and stuff about how it made him feel. And uh, so I was buzzing all around Canberra, going to all these locations, not really knowing what was happening. And the final one was at my favorite spot in Canberra. And I think I was in shock. I still don't think I knew what was happening. And yeah, then he proposed at my favorite spot in Canberra. So I feel like, how could I not say that memory? It was a very special wow. one. Yeah. Wow. At the standard high, fellas. <laughs> wow, that is incredible. Making making the rest of us look like just absolute scumbags with that proposal. I think I mean, you one did time... that on your own, Brian, but yeah. Okay. All right. You're saying things. So, Bridget, we're going to continue this podcast without Ash. And I'm just yeah, going absolutely. to kick her off now. Brian's self esteem so- can't take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> God, more I've got a good question. You I got think you've already answered it, but I want Bridget's opinion about what the best death is. You don't want to hear my memory? Oh, of course. Oh, I'm so desperate to find out. I want your memory, Brian. No, no, it's okay. My favorite memory is when Ash took over hosting this podcast. <laughs> I think I'm so desperate to prove you wrong that I'm like, I'm ready to move on to the next thing that proves I'm right. See, I'm more zen like because I know that I'm right. I don't have to prove anything. So that's why I'm a little bit more, okay, I got nothing. Uh, my favorite memory, uh, although this relationship ultimately didn't work out through no fault of anybody's, is actually how I met my last ex. Um, it was, to me, right out of the movies. And it was one of the only times where um, uh, I was out in, in doing um, some illegal activity um, in the bush. And uh, we were meeting in, in the cafe just before we went out to do some, some highly illegal activity that I'm not going to say because I have two um, friends that might be listening to this that would be like taking notes. Um, but we were about to go and do uh, some highly illegal activity and we were in, in a cafe and then my friend pops up and goes, oh, there's blah, blah, blah. And I looked up and it was literally like out of the movies where time stops, time stopped I looked over and saw the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. Most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And then um, as she walked closer, I felt like every step she was walking closer, my IQ dropped by points to the point where she walked up and sat down. She was the friendliest girl smiling and I had an IQ of zero. So I forgot how to breathe. So I'm over here trying to remember how to breathe and she's over there talking to her friend and, and meeting everybody. And then she told me later that she thought I was like a statue because I was literally not saying or doing or reacting to anything. And then I literally told her and I responded to that with, um, yeah, I was trying to remember how to breathe because you were the most woman I've ever seen in my life. Um, and then it just uh, snowballed from there into a, a whirlwind romance. Um, and it was probably one of the best uh, best memory I've ever had because it was just right out of the movie um so yeah that would be my memory oh and That's like so sweet. I think it's nice to know that like even if relationships don't work out that you can still treasure memories that happen along that path I think people are so quick to just remember the end and how it ends and how bad they feel at the end but like there's still special moments along the way that shouldn't be thrown in the bin just because you don't like the ending so it's exactly. nice to hear you say that because I think a lot of men particularly can be kind of resentful and things end and not actually treasure the really like special parts along the way. So, and by the way, I'm sure, I think you've told me this story off camera and no one should panic about the illegal stuff. It was basically a disco in a bush. That's it. Right. He's just I trying to make himself sound cool. 
Thank I want it. Thank you, Bridget. I want it to <laughs> a lot cooler than I than if people could actually see. Luckily, the camera won't be showing that I have Lego dinosaurs, tin uh, <laughs> robots, and a Batman statue in in my background here. So I want it to sound a lot more cooler than than the the atmosphere suggested. But I feel like it didn't make you look cool. It made you look like you're doing meth in a dumpster. So a I feel like it didn't go the way you intended. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I better just see that's me being generous and upping the story a little. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. My first thought went to like dogging in a bar. <laughs> I don't think Brian knows what dogging is. Do, do does Brian want to know? Brian wants to know. I probably should. I'll let you Google that one on your own. Urban Dictionary. Urban Dictionary. <laughs> All right. So the the answer is no. To all of that, <laughs> all of that, it was just some friendly camping that I tried to big up. Um, uh, if you were in the Harry Potter world and you are at Hogwarts, what is your favorite class? Oh man, charms. Yeah, that's such a cool class. What what class? Charms. It's all the cool fun stuff. Charms. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I can make things fly. What, what did you say? I was going to say, like, you can make things fly. You can make, like, I don't know, weird things happen. <laughs> so it's basically like just learning all the spells. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the whole point of being a wizard. So I feel like flying, I would just, like, that is the coolest concept. But, I mean, you only do one class and then you move on. So it's kind of a one-dimensional class, whereas, like, charms have a lot of different avenues. I'd be defense against the dark arts. Because I'm a soldier. Oh, such I can't resist that life. I can't resist that life. Such a douchebag. But back to my question before, because this Ryan and I had very different opinions about what the best Deathly Hallow is. So what do you think Uh, the best one is? Like if you could only have one, which one would it be? I I uh I actually think I would I would say the resurrection stone. What? Because let me justify it. Absolute wrong answer. Let me justify it. Not to like live with someone, but I think it would be a great chance for people to like say the things they never got to say. You could do that in a letter. Not when they're dead. dead, (laughs) I think it's a chance to like, you know, make peace with people and that kind of thing. I wouldn't want the elder wand. Um, yeah, I'd hate the Elder Wand. And then, like, I get, I get the idea of, like, hiding from death, but at the same time, like, I just, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Let it happen. Okay, Ash wanted the, the full disclosure, Ash wanted the uh, invisible cloak so she could pickpocket people and walk up behind them and knife them in the face. I literally said you could have a cadaver people from behind and they wouldn't even see you coming. Right? Um, that's what Ash that's, wanted that's it for. That's fair. I've got a purge list because I'm a normal <laughs> adult. So you'd all be getting purged off my fucking list with, and you wouldn't even see me coming. <laughs> I'm so surprised you said that. I can't believe we all picked a different one. That's it's all right because you'd kill Brian and then I'd bring him back. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> you see what just happened? Right there, folks, that last comment just proved that uh, she is on the right team right. And uh, and Ash is by herself. So the pay-per-view is back on. 
and she is no longer a champion. Um, excellent. Ash, what do we else do? We, do we have anything else in the, in I think the old, we need uh, to touch on fantastic base. Do we? I think we need to just, I just need to have my say about it. Cause I feel like we can't, it's like the awkward step cousin in the room that no one wants to acknowledge. You just have to get it out of the way. So bridge, what did you think? Yeah. I oh, fantastic beast. Yeah. May. Uh, agreed. <laughs> Amen. It just felt like they were making a movie to try and make Harry Potter more popular in America. I agreed. hundred percent and dimming down all the words and, Especially like the nomad thing. Like that's so triggering. Yeah. So fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. I couldn't deal. I just feel like it compromises the series in a negative way. Like it had loose attachments to Harry Potter, but they just wanted to put the Harry Potter title on it to attract the market. But it actually didn't stick true to most of like the, I guess, rules or the way that Harry Potter's been painted by J.K. Rowling. So like yeah. there were even contradictions in, um, I forget what the – the spell is the one where you can bring inanimate objects over to you. What is that spell? Acio. Yeah. Oh, okay. But Acio or Accio? Accio. Oh my god, no. But like, I've always grown up saying it is Acio. <laughs> and then I hear them say Accio in the movies. <laughs> it's like nails down a chalkboard to me. <laughs> I'll, I'll write uh, the, the director a strongly worded letter and we'll have that uh, adjusted in post. So now it's going to be Accio going forward. But he like does that on his animals and it like breaks the rules because it's only supposed to be on inanimate objects. And like, I don't know. I just feel like there were inconsistencies. So I feel like it's kind of like the Fast and Furious uh, franchise. Like the first four movies were cool and then they just keep flogging that fucking dead horse and all the movies are fucking shit, but people just keep going because it's Fast and Furious, knowing it's going to be terrible. So I feel like that was how I felt about Fantastic Beasts. And I also feel like Eddie Redaway, I don't know, he was just like a boring, watered-down character. Like his usual awkward charm was lost in the movie. I just don't feel like it fit with – like I know what they were going for, but it just wasn't – he didn't nail it. It just didn't do anything for me. And the nosy, like, Tina, like, ugh, she was such an unlikable character too. Yeah. I feel like if they tried to do it and make it, like, their own standalone, like, oh, like, it's an offspin of Harry Potter, like, learn more about the world but not tie it into Harry Potter. Yes. It would yeah. have actually been really good. But the fact that they've tried to, like, make it into, like, fit into the story and all the lore of Harry Potter and everything, but they're just, like, messing up all the timelines and everything and it's... But even, yeah. like, do you remember the part where they flashed back to Dumbledore and then he yelled out McGonagall's name and she was a teacher at the school? This was, like, set in the early 1900s. There's no way she would be a teacher. She's not even that. born yet. So I feel like they, just, they just didn't put the right attention to detail that all the other movies have. It was just kind of like a cheap – I loved – I really wanted to believe it. I was like, yes, Harry Potter's going to live on. I'm going to have more things that I'm obsessed with. And I was just like, I think I put too many expectations on it. So, For me, I see it as being like the Lord of the Rings, like amazing, and then the Hobbit, like you should have stopped. Yeah. Like it's exactly the same. Like stop with the terrible prequels that you're making into too many movies. Have you been to Hobbiton? Twice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I, I want to go back. It. I really want to go. Um, excellent. So, uh, Bridget, I don't know if if you were the person that did this, but uh, I did get some anonymous mail that uh, Ash was a woman hater, and um, that uh, because that, Bridget. 
I mean, I just believe that you hate everyone. Let me just, let me explain. I said that I hated Ginny's character in the movies and I said I wasn't a fan of the Cho Harry romance. And then someone said I was a fucking woman hater. (laughs) I mean, Ginny in the movies is absolutely terrible and I could literally spend three hours talking about why. See? Ginny's character in the movies was terrible. Because let's be clear, book Ginny is phenomenal, like amazing, such a badass, so good, perfect for Harry, super like, oh, just so good. She's like a strong female role model in a really different way to Hermione. Like she's smart, but she's like the strong kind of badass female. And I said to Um, Brown, like, I just hate that like she was so helpless and wanted Harry to be her protector and saviour and she's very passive. And like that's just... It's an icky representation of her. She didn't have to be like that. And then the most awkward kiss of all cinema history ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and I, like, I was saying to Brian, like I'm making compar- like I'm making my decisions, like my comments about Harry Potter based on the movies alone because the books are different to the movies. A hundred percent. Like I feel like you can only like if you had not read the books and you went and watched the movies. That's what I'm basing my observations opinions on so I feel like yeah I that's why I cannot believe something that was a woman hater ask Bridget I'm all about supporting women I, I will not I did a Valentine's Day with it's like Valentine's Day but for the girls <laughs> I, I I'm not I'm just not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole and, and just say that uh, I believe you because we've, we've had enough things to come to blows over um interesting factoid Interesting factoid that uh, Rowling has stated that she may have made a mistake by pairing Ron and Hermione together. Uh, if that is the case, who do you think should have been paired up with who? Uh, do you think it's realistic that all these pairings came from high school to begin with? Um, do you think that, uh, like Malfoy, uh, he was he was paired with some broad that we, we didn't know? Um, that made it a little bit more realistic at the ending of, uh, of Deathly Hollows Part Two. So for you guys... Who should Harry have ended up with? Harry, I'm like a Aussie. Harry, Harry have ended up with, if not a uh, horrible movie, Jenny. <laughs> the other thing is, I actually everyone always said, oh, Hermione should have ended up with Harry. But I love that they have a friendship, a female male friendship. Like it didn't have to be perverted into anything else. It was just a standalone friendship, which I actually think yes. is really great. So that whole all the people that are getting upset about it, I actually think. I liked that dynamic. I like they didn't compromise that because that would have been so predictable. I don't know. I don't think I never wanted to date anyone at like high school. I kind of think you need to get out in the world and meet people. I don't think you just settle for the first person that you date. But then again, some people do genuinely meet the love of their life in high school. So I can't comment to that. But if I dated, if I'd married the guy that I dated in high school, my life would You'd be still be in Port Prairie. Oh my god! If I'd married like any of the guys that I dated up until now um I yeah I don't know I think I as much as I love Ron and Hermione if we're talking about other pairings I would have loved a like Hermione Draco pairing what a Hermione Draco I've come with a lot of controversial opinions to that um I would say like I would have loved because I loved the kind of Draco redemption story um that happened and like Draco not truly being evil, just being forced into that circumstance. And then I think, like, he would have added, like, that bit of edge to Hermione and, like, broken down her kind of, like, oh, rule, like, total rule-abiding everything, given her that bit of edge. And she would have 
by contrast, you know, brought him around to the light a bit more. Mm -hmm. And I I said that to Brian. I said, like, it's actually really sad to see. That's why I think the sixth movie was actually quite sad for me because you could tell that he was being forced in a situation because of his family, not because of his choices or actually being genuinely evil or believing in the cause. And that was actually, like, really sad to watch. And you're right. Like, I think it's hard for me because I've seen um, Emma and – I forget what his name is. The actor. Tom Felton. They have such a good relationship off screen. So I'm like, yeah. oh, I can totally see it. But I don't know if that's just my brain making that assumption because I've literally seen the social media posts. <laughs> but that's a really like cool, <laughs> like that's a cool perspective because I don't know that I would have originally gone to that. But now that you mention it, I think they complement each other because they offer different things. Yeah. But I do think, you know, Ron and Hermione is actually a great pairing. And I think that J.K. Rowling needs to stop talking now. Oh, I I said the same. I thought they were cute together. I'm so glad um, Hermione didn't end up with Harry. But I didn't, I like, what's your opinion on the Cho situation? Because I just, why we didn't feel that storyline? I thought it was good. I thought it does show that kind of, like, high school infatuation that just kind of fizzles out and you just realise that you're actually different people. I thought it was a good like, cause I mean, let's be honest, like I was reading these as a teenager. Like, I think it was that good introduction to knowing it's okay if things don't work out, even when you're super intensely crushing on someone, mm-hmm. it's okay to then actually realize that they're not what you thought they were. Yeah. And that's a cool perspective too. I just, I feel like they half invested in it though. Like, I mean, he, the first kiss was so awkward. She was crying and it was like, I mean, I get the whole sentiment of it, but I think I just had it in my mind that I didn't I didn't see them as a fit. But what you're saying is absolutely right. It offers the other perspective of how many times have we been attracted to someone or thought that we like them and once you've spoken to them or dated them, or like gone on a few dates, you're like, oh, we are different people and the attraction is completely lost. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. all the time. I can't say I've ever experienced that. <laughs> no, but that's because you're desperate. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Bridget, we're gonna we're about to end things on that note. Um, but just before we do, uh, quickly, what is your take on the Star Wars franchise? Oh, particularly the first filmed movie, uh, A New Hope, Episode Four. What is your take on that movie? How can you not love it? Oh, yes, gross. yes. I tried to say to Ryan that... Bridget is absolutely (laughs) on team right. It is going to be a two-against-one pay-per-view. Thank you very much. Now, um, thank you very much, Bridget, for coming out and and, uh, spending some time with us. And Ash, it uh, was an absolute uh, something, as always. And (laughs) and the one thing I will now learn is to be more wary of people reaching out on uh, on my DMs uh, saying that... uh, I know you friend. can't trust people on the internet. Stranger danger <laughs> is real. You can't trust them on the internet. I was podcast catfished. So Bridget, you are an absolute first for me as well now. So thank you very much for that. And uh, thank you everybody for listening. Bye. Thank you for See listening. Ya. Talk bites.